Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. Interview. Hearing the SNA voice with Magda Lanjak. It could be argued that the education system forgets that there's more to the education system than patron bodies, boards of management and teachers. The voice of SNAs is often missing when we speak about schools and structurally it is made that way. For example, if you look at the entire structure of boards of management, you have eight people. Two of them are patron reps, two of them are parent reps, two of them are community reps, and two of them are staff reps. But if you look closer at the staff reps, the first one is always the principal, but the second one has to be a teacher. SNAs are not eligible to be on boards of management. So I thought that I would change that a little bit and have a voice Uh, for SNAs on the podcast and I was really really happy to be able to talk to Magdalena Lanshak who is the editor of Amygdala magazine and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because Magdalena is a fantastic voice uh, for SNAs. She is one of the first graduates of the UCD uh, course specifically for SNAs and has taken it upon herself to create a publication for SNAs by SNAs. I hope you enjoy this special interview and uh, look forward to hearing your thoughts. Hello, hello. You are very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net, a podcast where I delve into the world of primary education and find out what I can find out and find out what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. This week, I am joined by Magdalena Lanciak, who is an SNA and the editor of uh, Amygdala. And Amygdala is a magazine written for and by uh, SNAs. And uh, I'm so delighted. I, I, I did an interview with Magdalena a few weeks ago and I cheekily asked whether she would agree to be on the podcast. And I'm very happy that she agreed. So it's lovely to meet you, Magdalena. And thanks for being on the podcast. Hello, Simon, and hello, everyone. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me here. And thank you uh, for giving me the interview for my magazine. No uh, problem a, at all. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be uh, here, uh, to be in your podcast, because I am a huge fan of your podcast and I was listening to many of them. So I am delighted uh, that I can be now in your podcast. And um, I just want to say thank you. And thank you to uh, all the people who will be listening uh, to this particular podcast. Oh, well, thanks so much. No, I really appreciate it. Um, well, I'm going to start off like I start off with everyone on our uh, podcast. And it's basically, you know, to tell us a little bit about yourself and your own education journey and how you came to be an SNA in County Limerick. Is that right? Yes. Um, so uh, I am an SNA in a primary school in County Limerick. Um, my edu- educational journey is uh, still in progress uh, because I am currently doing my master's in inclusive education. Uh, but mm-hmm. I have also a background, teaching background from Poland uh, because I come from Poland and I was teaching German over there. Mm-hmm. And when I came to Ireland, uh, I started my education from scratch. So I came with no, no English. Uh, I had only a few words, uh, the most popular, yes, no, and thank you, and please. And I started learning English um, to that extent that will allow me to work in a preschool. So first I was working in a preschool. Um, and then uh, when my daughter moved to secondary school, I had more time and I started to looking, um, looking to another job, another profession. And I discovered that there is something like being a special needs assistant Mm -hmm. Um, and I applied for a job and I got the job. 
Um, I am also uh, working or preparing webinars for um, educational centers and I was working for Trilly Education Center and for Likela mm. and currently I got an offer to run webinar for the Dublin um, West Educational Center. Um, so I love uh, generally sharing uh, my knowledge and my experience in the area of special education. And I am also the one uh, of the 500 SNAs, the first cohort who graduated UCD. So oh, I completed nice. the national training for SNAs. And I suppose um, this, this course uh, and the knowledge that I gathered they, there uh, gave me, um, gave me, I don't know, like a push Uh, to do something more um, mm -hmm. and uh, together with my Instagram account and with all the connections that I made uh, through Instagram uh, with other SNAs, I decided that um, we need something more uh, and I created uh, the magazine. Uh, so I'm the editor and the publisher of the first national magazine for SNAs called Amygdala. And I'm super happy that I decided to do it. Uh, because uh, many people um, can benefit from this magazine and it's not all it's not always it's not only uh, the SNAs but also uh, parents uh, have huge interest into that and also some teachers so I'm really happy that I decided to do this Absolutely. And, uh, and I'm super happy that I can I, I feel actually honored to work as a specialist assistant so yeah that's it that's all about me Wow, and and it's uh, just absolutely super uh, to to hear of your your own journey to come. Uh, it's 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 never easy to come to a country without a language and then all those years later, uh, be such an influence in the in the education system uh, nationally. And it's it's no mean feat to set up uh, any uh, any publication, never mind a national. Uh, magazine for for SNAs and and people interested in special education and I've had a read uh, of some of the issues you very kindly sent me on some uh, so some links and it's an incredibly useful uh, journal for anyone working in education or interested in education I mean for people who haven't discovered amygdala yet um, what can readers expect to see in a, in a in an average issue of amygdala So my main uh, aim um, when I was creating the magazine uh, was to share the knowledge, um, strategies and anything that can help an SNA um, in the school environment. So the SNAs will be more, a more able, more prepared uh, to help the children with additional needs. Uh, so when... Um, So maybe I will first explain the, the, what, what is the meaning of the title of the magazine. So amygdala is a region of our brain uh, which is associated with um, emotional processes and communication skills. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired um, by this particular part of our brain when I was reading a book uh, written by Dr. Temple Grandin, mm -hmm. uh, The Autistic Brain. And uh, I did so many courses before I did uh, before I read this book, and so many trainings and that kind of stuff. And I never yes. about, about autism especially, and I never heard about this part of our brain and how it, important it is. So when I was thinking about the magazine and about the title, I said, yes, this is my title. This is Amygdala because it's all about social and communication skills, and this is the mm. main aim of the magazine. So um, in this magazine, I'm um, sharing lots of things, uh, but uh, the most important par part, I suppose, is when I am inviting uh, experts uh, from this different disciplines. Um, everything, of course, is related to special education, but um, I, invite, I am inviting OTs, uh, um, speech and language therapists, uh, music therapists, arts therapists, and um, and really, really lots of lovely uh, people who have a huge expertise in certain areas um, and they are sharing uh, their knowledge with us. So we, we, 
we are equipped when we will when you will read the magazine you will be equipped with lots of um, strategies and helpful information how we can actually help the children and I know that uh, many of SNAs are always saying that okay but we are non-teaching staff but it doesn't mean that you don't have to have the knowledge on how to help the child and it's actually funny because every time when I ask them my experts to um, share so, some uh, sort of strategies for us. I'm always saying, remember, we are non-teaching staff, so can you please give us advice on how to mm. do it without teaching, kind of, which is actually yeah. funny because it's, it's, it's funny with the, with the name uh, specialist assistant because I sometimes I feel like we, we teach as well. So mm. um, it's, a, it's like a complicated topic, I will say. But in the magazine, um, as, as you said at the beginning, uh, this magazine is made by SNA uh, for SNAs. And I'm also inviting SNAs to my magazine and they are writing um, the not so secret diary of an SNA. And they are sharing uh, lots of thoughts uh, from their from their daily work with the children, and um, there's lots of um, uh, lots of great facts and advices from other SNAs who are working um, in primary or secondary schools. And um, as this is a magazine, I decided to keep a good balance between work and personal life. So I'm mm. also um, I also included. Um, sections like uh, travel or beauty zone, fashion zone, something mm -hmm. um, for women and men uh, also, uh, because we have also uh, male SNAs and I'm always um, trying to um, have like a gender balance as well. Yeah. Um, lots, lots of lovely things in the magazine. Um, Great. And um, yeah, I will recommend um, to have a look Absolutely. I, I must say I, uh, I had a look at the fashion zone uh, on one of the things. It was all about denim. Um, and uh, uh, so I uh, picked up a few tips there. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, but, but it's seriously, easy, it's not easy to prepare a fashion zone uh, for men, but I do my best. Uh, well, my I mean, you did a fine job, uh, if, I, if I may say so. Uh, you know, so <laughs> but on, to, on more serious kind of things in the magazine, one, one, in, in the latest uh, issue, uh, you've talked a little bit about your own um, a topic that's obviously very close to you because you're doing your master's in it. It's the capability approach to inclusive education. Now, I have to admit, it isn't something I'm very familiar with, and I, I, I'm not sure how familiar other people listening to this podcast might be. Can you, can you briefly tell us about what is a capability approach to inclusive education? Yeah, so this is something uh, that was something new for me as well uh, when we started the module. And I was very curious about it. Um, so yeah, of course, I will share uh, what I learned so far. So the pioneer of this approach is Amartya Sen. Um, he's an economist and um, he is uh, famous for his uh, work in the field of social justice and human rights, but most mm -hmm. mostly uh, from the economic economy side. And he also got a Nobel Prize. And I was wondering how we can kind of um, take something from the economy and implement in education. Uh, but actually, we can <laughs> through his approach. Yeah. And the main uh, focus on the capability approach is on what people or children, students are able to be or able to do within a given environment to achieve their well-being. So generally speaking, is it's all about giving the resources in a meaningful way um, so children uh, could use them freely um, to that kind of extent that they will have a personal satisfaction of using them uh, while having the necessary capability to achieve the goal physically and mentally. And it, it can sound a little bit um, complicated, but in this approach, it's all about well-being. So um, his approach um, is that if we will uh, concentrate more on children's well-being, they will be uh, more able to achieve the learning goals. And the kind of key consideration in this approach is it's all about the resources functioning, uh, the freedom and the capabilities and, of course, the well-being. And, um, and I think that in any approach, like any approach has key, uh, pros and cons and advantages and disadvantages. But I think uh, this approach um, is really good because 
concentrate on the well-being and it's all about i think in education generally and especially in special mm -hmm. education it's all about changing our per perception and our perspective and um and thinking like seeing a bigger picture of everything and changing mindsets so i think if we can just adapt few bits from every approach we can create that kind of environment that will be suitable for the children with special needs so it's more about concentrating on the children's needs so they can um, yes. they can kind of achieve the go they their goals and yes. making the education uh, more meaningful for them rather than for the adults Yes, so there, 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 uh, in a way there's a more, um, I suppose, independence uh, as well for the child who can exactly. you know, choose yeah, what, what is of interest um, potentially to, to them um, rather than the adult imposing what they think is uh, what the child needs. It's just basically yeah. asking the children what they want. Yeah, yeah. No, that that, that makes a that makes a, a huge amount of sense, and um, I, I know it sounds really really interesting. And uh, again, just for anyone who's listening and wants to hear a bit more about that, it is in this. Uh, well, by it, I suppose we're in March now, so the February kind of March issue of Amygdala. Um, there is you have an article uh, summarizing it, and uh, well worth a read. Um, I want to move on to kind of some issues. You know that I, I you know I I. I think one of the things that we talked about before we, we when we were preparing for this interview was we didn't want to uh, hash over the you know the regular stuff that you see on Twitter and social media and things like that, but just a few kind of issues that kind of um, that might have solutions um, and uh, might be of interest to special needs assistants or anyone working in in schools. Um, and I, I mean, you touched on the UCD um, qualification that you were one of 500 uh, SNAs to be the first to complete that qualification. And I think that was a very important milestone for many um, special needs assistants because I suppose people might be surprised to hear. I, I mean, I don't I think anyone who isn't an SNA may be surprised to hear that, that the requirements to become a special needs assistant in Ireland are, are quite low um, in terms of academics it's three ordinary level d's uh, in the leaving cert or whatever the equivalent is nowadays um did you think it was important that there's a minimum academic requirement for special needs assistance or do you think it matters of course it matters because um it, it doesn't matter actually if it's a special needs assistant or a teacher uh, we are the people who are working with children and we are shaping the future so I think the education is very important and the mm. qualification of SNAs as well. And uh, I think the UCD course was amazing, was excellent, uh, very professional. And I learned so much uh, from this course and I will highly recommend to anybody, even though now uh, we know that the course is only accredited to the level six special awards, but still okay. it's, it's worth it to doing. And I did personally uh, because uh, I wanted to learn new things to be uh, able to help the children that I work with. Um, but I think like I have totally different approach even to SNAs. I think everyone who is working in school should have higher education, should have at least level seven. And mm. the UCD course was um, was like level seven. It wasn't mm. less. Uh, and I don't know why um, why uh, they didn't uh, give us the level seven, uh, which we fully um, fully deserve deserve. We are fully de we fully deserved yes. for this for this level seven. But uh, as I said, it is important, and it is important because if you like, there's nothing wrong if somebody will have the three Ds. Um, but when it comes to education, when it comes to working with children with uh, additional needs, uh, especially children with autism, I feel like you have to have huge knowledge to um, mm -hmm. be able to support the child and to to know what to do in certain situations and how you can do it if you will just go to secondary school. Like I cannot imagine um, somebody who is finishing uh, secondary school and who is starting working uh, in in this in school, for example, in a special class with children on the spectrum, and how that person will know what to do, um, you know, like how to help a child. 
Um, mm. So I think it's it's super important um, that we should uh, increase the academic level of qualification for SNAs uh, because we are shaping the future of, of the whole generation, I would say. And it's important to know how um, it's important to know how we can help the children. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for for teachers that are are, are listening in, there, there there's a, there's a talk about um a, a separate qualification for teachers to work in um special class settings and, and and things like that. And it seems to me nonsensical that we have teachers going into classes for autism or or any additional need without having an actual qualification. And it seems yeah, a proper training. It's like um, this is what I like. What I see from my experience, like uh, the government opened the the units, which mm-hmm. which it's not a good name for it. No. Uh, first of all, uh, they attach the the class the special classes to the mainstream uh, schools, and they were asking teachers to uh, be a teacher in that special class without a proper training. Because if yeah. if a teacher did the training, I don't know, ten or fifteen years ago, there's no such emphasis on autism or there was no awareness of autism and Mm. how you can expect uh, that person to fulfill the job and the role without a proper training it's it's like everything in my opinion wasn't um, done well Uh, the staff wasn't prepared enough to work with children with additional needs so it is important to all of us uh, to have good education and to educate ourselves do different courses and trainings webinars op skills generally read professional you know books uh, and just educate ourselves because it's so important for the for the children Mm, exactly and and things uh, have been changing so uh, rapidly particularly in our knowledge um around special education you know uh, when i qualified uh, as a teacher 20 years ago it was things things were i mean appalling i mean in terms of our, our our knowledge and it was absolute guesswork um at best and and there were different you know theories of how to work with uh, children with additional needs that that you wouldn't dream of doing now um and for someone to come into a system without knowing without having any you know even a, a foundational course in terms of working in in a setting a school setting uh, particularly um you know particularly creating the right environment and which is obviously the the, the foundation for everything exactly. we know now um uh, it, and then before you even move on to methodologies and everything else, it just seems amazing uh, to me. But I, I'll move on because you mentioned something there. It was interesting to me that you said um, the word unit to describe the class and said it's not a very good word. Um, and, and I'd agree with you there. And in fact, uh, as you might know, I work in an Educate Together school and Educate Together made a rule um, about five or six years ago that we don't refer to um, special classes as units and um, we felt the it wasn't appropriate um in terms of, of what they of, of what what to call uh, these classes there's essentially just uh, we in my school we just uh, call call them the name of the teacher's class uh, exactly. in the same as we call every other class Julian's class or Mary's class or John's class or whatever um but um, but this name, thing still, educate... this name is still around us. It's still in the educational landscape, I will say, and many people. Oh, I, I hear it all the time. Yeah, and it's and I don't know who who even invites uh, in who who even come up with the idea of 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 you know calling a class. It's like a normal class with children. Yeah. So why do we change the name classroom of a unit or even the ASD name? Exactly. Why why we cannot like some schools are naming the classes after i don't know the um, book uh, authors or yes. favorite characters or as you said like uh, uh, um, naming um, by the name of the by, by the name of the teacher and that kind of stuff which is great and or even like sometimes we're calling room one room two room three and so yeah. on yeah. but i don't know why it's... i don't know from where it came yeah i think i think to answer that question it 
it, to answer that question, it um, it seems to come from the I think when special classes uh, opened in, in, in Ireland for the first time, maybe 20 years ago or so, it, 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 special education was seen as a, as a disability, almost like a medical pro, uh, condition or something like that. And it, it took on a medical term, like, a, like you'd have in hospitals, that exactly. this was a, a, a unit attached to a school. Mm -hmm. And they were very separate entities. And it made, you know, and, and I think that word is just, even though... It's not inclusive. The, no, not not at all inclusive, um, and I think over despite over time the, the culture changing, um, the word has stuck, and and it's 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 proving very difficult to drop, um, despite everybody knowing it's not a great a great word. Uh, another, I suppose, speaking of words and languages, I mean, even the name SNA, the Special Needs Assistant, there has come under question a couple of times. And I, I know in Educate Together, a decision was made to change it to ANA, which is Additional Needs Assistance. And even the government were talking about changing it to something else. I, I think it was something like ISA, like a, which, which kind of made it sound like, a, I suppose, for, forgive me, a, a, an Islamic uh, fundamentalist group. I think it was yeah. named ISIS or something like that, <laughs> which, which wouldn't have gone down very well. But do, do, you, think, um, do you think it matters what we call people um, and uh, does, does do you think it, it changes the role, the name, or what 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 do you think of that? First of all, oh, uh, first of all, I would say that for me, when I came to Ireland, uh, from the kind of English point of view, for a long time I couldn't figure out who uh, is the special needs assistant and who has the special <laughs> needs. Like for me, translating this into Polish was so difficult, I couldn't uh, figure out. So for many years, when my daughter was in primary school and I saw that there was uh, another lady um, in the classroom and I was 100% sure that she was the teaching assistant and I was calling her ah. teaching assistant and I didn't I didn't have a clue who is a, a special needs assistant and I couldn't figure out what is the role, what is the function of that person in the classroom, is she helping more the teacher or helping other children. Uh, but finally, I did um, the special needs course myself and I said, ah, so that's... <laughs> But there's no such That's thing. That's what it is. Yeah, there's exactly. no such profession in Poland, um, even when it comes to special education. Uh, but we have, um, we don't even have teaching assistants. We just have oh. teachers. Uh, and for example, if if the class, if there are, if there are children with additional needs in the classroom, in mainstream classroom, there's always two teachers. And okay. uh, when it comes to the name. Uh, it is important uh, how your profession is kind of called, what 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 name it has, and uh, mm. I'm tending to um, removing the SNA uh, or additional needs assistant or the ISI or whatever abbreviation yeah. it is, completely, and I will replace this with the name of teaching assistant, um, mm. because there is lots of talks uh, as well about the respect of SNAs and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's why at the beginning I said that I think that everyone who's working with children should have minimum level six, um, because, sorry, level seven, uh, like I mean, like a third level education and probably yes. some, some SNAs or I don't know, maybe other people can say um, that maybe that will be too much or not too much, but I don't feel the difference. Like I have level eight uh, currently, and I don't feel that this will not allow me to go um, with a child to the bathroom and help the child or assist the child with, you know, which I don't know, even changing nappy because there are mm. children in our, I was working in early intervention unit and we were helping yes. children uh, with toileting and that kind of stuff. I think it's not about um like it doesn't matter what level you have because you are there for the child and you are there mm. to support the child in any way so i don't see um that this can be against uh, doing that kind of you know tasks or or helping generally the children or uh, at the same time like i don't see the difference that i will help the child with reading and other stuff yes. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think it's important um, 
for us to have like a proper name and even I have to tell you that when I was um, there was um, a case um, in uh, described in a newspaper uh, about child with Down syndrome and about an SNA and a principal and uh, making the mm -hmm. long story short um, it was all about that the SNA was um, with the child outside of the classroom and basically the SNA was teaching the child because the yes. child wasn't i don't know if you remember this case i do i remember yeah. that yeah and i said like and i said and because i have good connection on instagram with all the snas and and i was just asking the question what do they think and i think that if in this case particular case if the sna will be not sna if she will be a teaching assistant she will have the right to do uh, you know to do the the things that the teachers do um mm. and and have the child uh, and then i did like a q a on on instagram and many many snas um when they were replying they were saying that they are performing uh, at some yes. point teachers jobs and we snas sometimes have to be the occupational therapists we have to know how to teach a non-verbal child the communication so we do lots and lots of things mm. Uh, and I, I, I think I could um, speak about it for more than an hour. Uh, <laughs> I... so, so why? And, and then at the same time, when we think about the respect of SNAs, um, and I think if everyone will be at the same level, Simon, at school, uh, everyone will have will be the same, and everyone will have the same respect. So maybe, maybe we don't have mm. the respect. I don't know. Maybe because of the three Ds, uh, and maybe that's why other people don't want to respect us and i'm saying not yeah. everyone but there's lots of aspects aspects when it comes to the respect but yeah i think if we will just remove all the uh, abbreviation and we will just call us teaching assistants i think that would be brilliant yeah it's funny it's it's, it's very interesting you know to, to hear you saying uh, to saying that because originally um you know SNAs were allowed to have a kind of a sort of a were able to help children with uh, you know in, in terms of academics and things like that and very kind of slowly that was removed uh, as as being called a, you know sort of inappropriate for some reason and and this move towards simply uh, the SNA was there simply for care needs even though everybody knows that SNAs um have always gone way above uh, beyond that and continue to go above that uh you know in terms of not just helping uh, children um with with their academic learning but also as you said therapies like um you know occupational therapy speech and language stuff that were you know a lot of us were just we do it because that's what the child needs exactly. and I, I i think um when you referred there to that that case um with the, the the child with down syndrome i mean i have to admit it was something it was um i i thought exactly the same as you that you know it, i didn't see any malice particularly in in what was going uh, going on but of course we don't know the full story but had we a situation where we actually had teaching assistance um it would level the playing field and you know i i i i I, I think I, I'm with you, really, to be honest, the, on, on the OTI. I, I think there's room, obviously, for people who deal exclusively with care needs, you know, where that's necessary. But I think in the main, we'd solve a lot of issues if we, we had um, teaching assistants in, in Ireland. It, it seems bizarre to me. I, th I see it as a, as a missing link, almost. Um, it is, and you see, system. our role is so complex, and we have to know so much to be able uh, to help the children. And even when you work in a special class, and you have, for example, six children on the spectrum, and many times every child is different, every child mm. has different needs, and um, like. I can understand the teachers as well because, like, she's the she's there with all the kind of teaching rights, right? But um, I think if we will have yeah. more rights in the area of teaching um, and supporting the academic side of education of of the children, it will it will benefit everyone, the child, uh, the parents, the school, and everyone will feel respected because we will have the same kind of rights. And I don't yes. I don't see um that uh, fulfilling the like helping the ch child with care needs um yes and i i don't know how to say it but um 
like I can have levels eight or nine or ten or whatever, and I can still uh, mm. I can still enjoy helping the child with care needs. I don't see Absolutely. anything against that. Uh, but at the same time, in many situations, uh, in in a special class when the child when we have, for example, the working station, I just give you like a simple uh, example. They were, they were, we, we are working with the children with the working stations, with the desks, and the teacher is is working with a child uh, on a book with something. And then the other, there's two SNAs, and the one SNA is, uh, is taking the child to the sensory room. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you have the other SNA, and you have basically uh, five other children. And you cannot yes. and you cannot teach them and, uh, yeah. and you cannot do nothing because you are there for care needs but they, they yes. don't have only care needs in that particular moment they have also educational needs but you cannot teach which is actually funny and then the poor teacher has to go here and there and you know it's 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 complicated um so i think if we will have the same rights as teachers that will uh, mm. help everybody yeah, I, 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 I'm with you on that. It, it, it's, it's a really good example as well of, uh, of, the, of the nonsense of it. I, I, I just want to move on because um, uh, um, I uh, around your back to your to amygdala because you asked me in my interview with your your magazine about the voice about the SNA voice in education. It was a, it was a question I really I, I struggled to answer it uh, to be honest with you because I I didn't feel. Um, I suppose that I, I, not that I don't have a right to an opinion on it, but I, I, I kind of felt a little uneasy about saying, well, what do I think SNA's voices should be in education? So, but because I'm not uh, an SNA and I, I'm sort of seeing it, seeing the position from where I'm, where I'm sitting in a way. Um, and so I, I want to throw the question back to you because you are a special needs assistant. <laughs> and what do you, I mean, what do you think is missing? from the SNA voice in education and, and what should we do about it? So I think the voice is uh, somehow missing because we are not uh, included in uh, many decision uh, in many decision when it comes to um, to the students and to generally to to the school environment. Um, and I think we should we should be more included and we should have the opportunities even to participate in policy discussion uh, at the state mm -hmm. and national level. Uh, and we yes. should be included in the birth of management because, Simon, at the end of the day, we are the voices of the children with special needs because we are working yes. so close with them that we know what they exactly need. And also we work closely with parents and they are telling us lots of things and we are not able to pass this mm. information to anybody. Like I am passing the information to the principal, but I'm so lucky because my principal is um, amazing and um, mm. and she's listening to us and she's taking into consideration what we are saying. But I know there's many SNAs who feel that their voice is missing, that nobody is listening yes. to them. And uh, yes. I think we should... Um, we should do like I, sh I think that SNAs should do something themselves more, like creating more platforms and share experience and uh, perspectives. And we should have like a forums, networks to discuss mm. issues that are you know related to the students. And we should uh, work uh, with with parents and we should pass the info what the parents are telling to us and what they mm. what what they want from us, how they how they you know, how they would like us to mind the children, to care for the children and that kind of stuff. So so we should, the, the voice is missing, but everything, I suppose, mm -hmm. everything starts on the top. Um, so everything is up to the voices of the of the minister and and then the principals, the board, sorry, the board of management principals and that kind of stuff. So I think it should be more collaborative uh, approach mm -hmm. to special education and the SNA should be included because um, many SNAs are now educated um, and now even if um, 
if the department did the program, I think the, the UCD program is aimed to educate three or 4,000 SNAs. I don't remember exactly, but I remember that um, we were doing um, a survey and I think 25%, I, I don't want to, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I think it was like 25% yeah. of the 500 SNAs had already a level a seven or eight, and most of them already yeah. had level six. Um, so yes. like, you know, like we are educated people and we should be, mm. our voices should be heard and we should have in, input and impact on the education as well. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. And it, just for uh, listeners who, who may not be aware of this, I, th- I find this an astonishing, uh, a sm- it's, a, it's a little fact um, about boards of management that if you uh, look at the structures of boards of management, um, there's eight people on a board and uh, two of those positions are, are uh, the staff working in the school. One of them is always this principal, but the other person is, isn't, a, isn't actually a staff member uh, particularly. It's a it's teacher, a teacher yes. specifically. Not as, so an SNA can never be, can't be on a board of management as a staff representative. I, I find that astonishing when I learned that a few years ago. And um, again, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm only mentioning it uh, only because uh, not to big up Educate Together particularly or not, but they've tried to change that uh, within the Educate Together network, but the structures from above, um, so the, the Department of Education won't allow it to happen. And it's, it just seems like such a crazy, um, an absolutely crazy exclusion. What message does that send out? You know the, uh, about uh, uh, um, uh, about SNAs in, in a workplace when they can't uh, when they're not treated equally even exactly. on a systematic how you can, level. How you can create inclusive environment for the children if the staff isn't included in you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's it, like it, one is against another, uh, but yeah, every, as you said, like every everything starts from from the top. Um, Absolutely, yeah. it does indeed. So I, I'm going to ask you, because I, I, this is my, I've had three, three more questions to ask you. And, and I was saying to you before that I always try to make these interviews about half an hour long and I always fail and I've already failed because I think we're well past the half hour. But if you had a magic wand, what would primary education look like for a student with additional needs? So I, it's a very broad question, but... It is, maybe, and maybe I, will try, I will try my best to uh, be um, short and sweet. But I suppose um, if I will have the magic wand, I will just make sure that every child in Ireland with special needs will have us a place in a school, in a primary school or secondary school, mm-hmm. because what is happening now, um, it's like like I can I, I just feel the pain of parents uh, who who yeah. are struggling to uh, secure a place in school for a child so my magic wand will make sure that every child in Ireland who has special needs additional needs uh, will have a place in school so that, wow. that will be my thing because it's really it's hard and especially like I we have in our school we have um, two uh, special classes and one early intervention class but in our yeah. region uh, there is not enough. So when the children will finish the sixth, uh, sixth class, there will be not enough places for them in secondary school. So what the parents supposed to do then? Like, exactly. it's, it's like exactly. crazy. And um, and here yeah, and then they have to uh, they, they are under huge stress because they have to find the place for the child in secondary school and the places in secondary mm-hmm. schools are already taken and then they have to travel. And, you know, if you have child with additional needs, uh, the traveling things and the transition is not good for them. And that's creates mm-hmm. another problem. So my magic wand will make sure that every child will have a place in school. That's it. Wow. It, 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 it's amazing how low that base is in a way that you would think it would be a given in Ireland or any country that your, a child would have a place in a school. And yet and we're we not. Are failing. We are failing as a we're society. Even. The most and, basic and thing. Simon, how many times we are hearing in radio or in TV uh, the parents' voices that the children are not included. And there was recently a case of the of twin boys and they were promised a place in a school by the minister and they didn't get it and there's there's yes. another article about it how disappointed the parents are and i fully agree with the parents it's, it's crazy like 
like why why yeah. why some children can have places and why some children can't have pla place in school so yeah it's, i think I my magic wand will do that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and amazingly, such a, I mean, I, I, if, if I can answer my own question, I mean, I, I'd probably go further uh, and say that, you know, I, I think, I suppose, a primary education system uh, should give any student with additional needs whatever they need, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. That if a psychologist or a professional recommends something, a, something that should be a given and that should be the basic exactly. um and then i could have well and then I, I might be able to wave my magic wand again for something that might be nice but imagine having to wave a magic wand just to have your basic needs met it just seems yeah. um it seems it's it, it it really says it all to me yeah i, um, I fully agree with you uh, but only because you limited my time <laughs> i went <laughs> <laughs> i'm a stickler for the time here <laughs> like the place in the school and then provide all the resources the child uh, will need and uh, that will be great yeah i mean it, for me that's the bare minimum that that any any uh, decent education system would have and uh and after that you know anything else would be a bonus but um i i always ask um my guests on this podcast a uh, question um, about if they were the Minister for Education, what they would do if they were in charge for a day. And uh, it doesn't have to be limited uh, to special education. It could be anything at all um, that you would like to do if you were the Minister for Education. So if you had the reins for just a day and you could do whatever you wanted, what one thing would you change about the education system? Uh, I was expecting that question and um, I was thinking and I said, oh uh, gosh, I think one day will be not enough for me. But if I will be limited, <laughs> if I will be limited only to a one day and um, have the opportunity to be uh, the Minister for Education, uh, you know what, Simon, I will spend the whole day with the children. Okay. With the children in primary school, in secondary school, and even with the students um, that are in the third level of education. So that will be my first thing. Um, and then if I could, uh, I will definitely um, give the SNAs who finished UCD the level seven. I will... <laughs> I will give the level seven to them. Um, and then what else I will do? Uh, I will make sure that um, that the that children's needs will be met. And I would like to spend the day with them um, only to have like a big um, notebook and just write all the suggestions from the children. Because for me, the children uh, are the most important. And I would love um, to include their voices in every decision I will make. And I will uh, gather all the school stakeholders together in my beautiful office in Dublin. And I will <laughs> tell them, listen, this is what the children need. So now it's mm -hmm. up to us. It's our job to um, use whatever we have um, to make those kind of wishes, needs uh, come true. Uh, so the children will feel happy in school and the parents will feel happy because their children are happy. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think that's it. That my, my main aim will be to spend um, the day with the children and ask them what they really want, what they really want to learn, how they want to learn. Um, and I will just include this uh, and I will force all the people <laughs> to include this Fantastic. in every decision. And um, I will make like a law of it. Um, I, I think <laughs> we also work closely with the Obuz, I don't know how to pronounce this, the Ob Obuzman. Oh yeah, the ombudsman. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and I will uh, seek um, help from him, and I will work close with parents. Um, I will include um, their voices as well, and of course, I will include voices of SNAs <laughs> in yes, everything. Of and yeah, and I will make sure that um, that every person who is employed in school will have uh, appropriate training, uh, because yes. I think this is super important. Um, 
and what else uh, i might even increase uh, the salary as well <laughs> <laughs> well you're at it <laughs> double the salary when i think when is I, the new when, idea. I'm on the, on the, when i'm when i'm the minister of education but yeah i think um, it's not an easy job at the same time and um, sure. sometimes people are thinking that i will do this i will do that but until you are not in somebody's shoes you never know how you will uh, behave and it's as i said it's not an easy job um, but at the same time uh, for me the priority will be always children absolutely no it's it's probably one of the loveliest answers i've had to that question before i mean it's it's that's really what it's all about and um i will i will have to i hope niall muldoon who is the ombudsman is listening to this because you know he's often um comments on additional needs in schools and i think you've really represented um the the the, the children you work with and uh, and your, yourself and and the, the whole of the education stuff so well in describing that and i i agree with you i mean i i cheekily call the podcast if i were the minister for education but i i'll let you in a secret i would hate to be the minister for education i think you would be a perfect minister for education <laughs> <laughs> only in theory uh, but uh, in the reality would be very difficult i imagine i admire anyone who gets into politics uh, because it's it, you can never please everybody That's and it, it's a it is a thankless job and i i always i i try to be um when i'm giving out i always i always try to be fair and say look to be fair i'm i mean i'm not doing anything about going into politics myself i i i, I, because I, I know i would be <laughs> what's that never say never never say never but i i won't be doing it in the short term anyway <laughs> that's for sure um i i suppose just to finish up um if people are interested in 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 to, uh, finding out a little bit more about you uh, and particularly your work in amygdala or anything at all about uh, uh i mean i think a lot of uh, um special needs systems might be interested in doing the ucd course as well if it's continuing um is there a way of getting in touch with you uh, what's the best way so the best way, I suppose, is contacting contacting me on Instagram, um, and my account name is SNA underscore zone, and I have also a website uh, www.snazone.ie, and I'm working on my website for the magazine, but because I do everything for the magazine, I don't have time, so I'm looking forward for the sure. summer holidays to finish the website, but I suppose um yeah my my website snazone.ie and i'm all very active on instagram and mm. i people can also find me on linkedin uh, and they can oh, yes. always ask you <laughs> as well yes no problem I, I can point them in the right direction for sure. And, yeah, um, and once again, I just want to add something, Simon. Uh, if it if it's come to my magazine, all the links are on Instagram as well and on my website. So if anybody will be interesting, um, you can find me over there. Absolutely. No, that's absolutely super. Magdalena, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I'm really glad uh, to have had you on the podcast. And uh, for those, uh, those of you uh, coming late, we have uh, Magdalena Lanchak, who is an SNA and the editor of Amygdala magazine, also uh, one of the first graduates of the UCD course specifically uh, for SNAs that ran for the first time. Um, I, I think it was, it was this year, wasn't it? Or, or was it last year? I, I, it was two uh, years ago, actually. Two years ago, yeah. oh my gosh, the time is flying. Um, so, um, and I will add um, all of uh, Magdalena's uh, websites and Instagram and LinkedIn accounts there on the show notes for those of you who are listening. Magdalena, thank you so much uh, for speaking to me and uh, the very best of luck with everything. Thank you, Simon. Thank you very much for inviting me here. Uh, it's a huge honor to uh, speak with you. Uh, and thank you to everyone who will be listening to this amazing podcast. So there you have it. Uh, thanks so much to Magdalena for being such a fantastic guest on uh, the podcast. I hope um, you got, a, I suppose, a, maybe another perspective on the voice of the SNA and the education system. We kind of both agreed that we wanted to avoid the topics that have been hashed and rehashed all over the internet over the last couple of years and maybe just focus uh, a little bit on some other topics. Um, particularly, I thought it was very interesting was the idea that uh, we should revert to um, SNAs being more like teaching assistants. And when I say revert, I think that's because 
uh, this was the original role of SNAs. While they dealt with uh, you know additional needs, uh, they also helped with some of the teaching and some of the work of the classroom before the NCSE got their claws in, not for any good of for the child, but to save as much money as possible. So definitely something worth considering, but loads in there, uh, which I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to. And I certainly enjoyed talking to Magdalena about so that is it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like me to discuss or you'd like me to talk to somebody or if you'd like me to talk to you, please do get in touch. Uh, my Twitter handle is Simon M. Lewis and you can find me on simon at onshot.net. Listen, thanks so much for listening again. All the very best. Goodbye. <laughs>